from Matthew 2:16. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them from, from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Almost forgot. I thought you said we lost him. I found you all! <laughs> Thank goodness for that star. If it weren't for that star, I wouldn't have found you guys. <laughs> Pretty convenient that now you can read the stars. Oh no, just that big super bright one. I mean, it's like, blam! <laughs> but I'm still gonna need directions home. Can someone write that down for me? We don't have time for this. We're going to see the Messiah. Look at us, the four wise men. We're inseparable. More like insufferable. Speaking of suffering, my feet can't taste much more walking. It's been three years. We should have been home by now. You guys can blame me all day for losing those camels, but you all knew going into this that my double hitch knot needed a little work. <clears throat> Why don't we proceed in silence, reverent silence? in honor of the Messiah. Totally cool with that. Good. So, I was thinking about my gift. I mean, what baby needs white jade anyway, right? <laughs> We've been over this a thousand times. White jade represents his purity and goodness. The gold represents his royalty. The burning of frankincense reminds us that the aura of God is around us at all times, and the myrrh is to anoint him as king of kings. Right, 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 just listen, listen, I think, I think I found a better gift. A gift that'll make everyone forget that I lost the white jade. You what? I mean, I think a gift that makes the white jade just look like nothing, a gift that's better than the white jade that I replaced. You replaced with what? The greatest gift of all. Oh yeah, wait for it, wait for it. 
Bum-blam! Hummus! <laughs> you must be kidding. Do you mean, you must be kidding? Because <gasps> I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Hummus is delicious, okay? And, and it's very, it's very symbolic. People unite together when they see hummus. Much like a savior. Okay, okay. This is my bad. This is on me. You guys go see the Messiah. I'll just stay here. I think that would be best. But at least you have a snack. Yeah. I just thought it just doesn't matter what we bring this little king. He doesn't need any of our gifts. I mean, you know, he's a savior. I mean, he's a, he's a gift to us. Maybe I was hoping he's bigger than all my mistakes. Yeah, I guess that's what I was hoping. All right, I'll see you guys later. Why are you doing that? Because I hope he's that kind of a savior too. Let's go. I wish someone had some pita bread. Bum-blam! Good morning. <laughs> I wonder whether there was a, a fourth one. We don't know how many there were, of course, of the, the wise men. But I love the way that video just takes us to a, a different place and gets us to think about the reaction to the Messiah of uh, those uh, men. And actually, I love the lines at the end of that video, the idea that it's not about um, the gifts that um, they brought but it's about who they were visiting. And that's really what we're going to think about. We're going to think a lot about worship today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, the gift of your son. And as we uh, think about that this morning, as we think about those visitors, uh, Lord, help us to hear your voice and to see how in this new year we can uh, know you better. In Jesus' name. Amen. So first of all, this morning, I thought I would dispel a few myths. Um, there's a lot, quite a lot of myths, aren't there, around these uh, magi. Um, and I decided a few weeks ago that I would play an odd one out game. And then two weeks ago, Katie decided to do an odd one out game um, quickly in the, in the service a couple of weeks ago. But I decided to keep it because why not? And they're different. It's not the same questions, so that's okay. So we've got a couple of odd one out quizzes for you this morning. Here's the first one. Which is the odd one out between these four? A stable, a donkey, a rhino, and a shepherd. Your hand went up really quickly then. You would think so, wouldn't you? You would think it would be the rhino. Anyone else? Right at the back, Michael, yeah. The stable, that, that, that could be it. It's not the stable. <gasps> what do you think it might be? It's not the donkey. It's not the donkey either. So I wonder which one, we could all say it together, which one of those is the odd one out? It's the shepherd. 
And of course, it's the shepherd, because it's the shepherd that's the only one in the biblical retelling of the Christmas story. There is definitely no rhino. We know that. There's actually no stable, and there's no donkey either. It's how we picture it, but they're not in um, the actual Bible. Okay, so let's have a look at this one. It's a completely different tack. As it's January, we've got March, January, June, and August. Which one of those is the odd one out? There's a hand back over there. Yeah, go on. Is it January? It's not January. What else? Go on then. June. It's June because it doesn't have 31 days. There we go. I hope I've got that. I have got that right, haven't I? I had that moment of thinking, yes, I have. It's okay. Okay. The next one. Okay. We have on this picture, we have Jonathan Agnew, Mary Berry, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Andy Murray. Who's the odd one out in that one there? Any? Who do you think it is? It's not Andy Murray. No. Any ideas? You're not sure. Right, go on then, Alicia. It's not Eleanor Roosevelt. Go on. Mary Berry. Yes, why? Because the others are sports and she's a cook. Well, that, that could be the case, but I'll tell you, you're right with the answer that it is Mary Berry because the, all the others share a first name with a member of clergy here. <laughs> That's cheeky, isn't it, of me? I thought that, you know. Okay. Final one. Okay, we've got wise men. Uh, we've got Jesus. We have um, Martin Luther King Jr. And we have a penguin. It's a random selection of things, isn't it? Anyone got any ideas which one? Do you know? What is it? It's not the penguin. Let me tell you, it's a king emperor penguin. Or king penguin, whatever they're called. I don't really know these things. Anyone got, have you got any ideas? Do you know what? Jesus is the odd one out there. Jesus is the odd one out because he is the only one who's a king. Okay, we, don't, we call them three kings, but they were magi. And Martin Luther King Jr. has the name king, but he's not a king. And it's a king emperor penguin, but he's not a king. Well, I suppose he could be over his... I don't know what you call a group of penguins. I couldn't think what it was called. A flock? That can't be right, can it? A huddle, maybe. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to dispel some myths this morning. And of course, we've dispelled a couple there, haven't we? That the wise men or the magi weren't kings. There's nothing in the Bible that says they were. They were magi. They were probably men who studied the stars. Um, and looking at the stars was a big thing for them. And at that time, they thought the stars were there to guide them and to tell them all sorts of things. And they'd seen something in their study of the sky, which led them to understand that something very special was happening in Israel, and they wanted to get over there to see what was going on. And if we look at the Bible, there's nothing that suggests that they were kings, but wise, uh, major, we often call them wise men. There's also nothing to suggest that there were three of them, apart from the fact that there are three gifts mentioned. I mean, maybe they did have white jade. Maybe they did lose it. Maybe they had hummus. I don't know. But we, don't, we think of them being three because of those gifts. And actually, when we look at these magi, they probably came from somewhere like Babylonia, which is in, um, uh, we would now call um, Iraq. 
And what's important about that is that these men, these magi, wouldn't have had a knowledge of, of those from a Jewish background. They simply knew that the star um, led them to something. And they had maybe a small amount of knowledge that this child, this Messiah, was worth coming all the way to worship. And in fact, this account in Matthew's Gospel is the first time we see someone coming to worship Jesus. Last week we thought about the shepherds and they came to worship. But here we read explicitly that the magi, the wise men, came to worship Jesus. And the Bible tells us that because they told Herod, here are some words from that reading. And they said this, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, I have to say, I don't think Herod was very happy about that, was he? You know, in fact, the Bible tells us that he was disturbed. And he asked his advisors who the king of the Jews was. Herod was pretty threatened, wasn't he? He was threatened by what he heard. He didn't want another king to come and take his place. And you can sort of understand that, can't you? He was jealous. So, I've got a 60-second question for you. There'll be a timer on the screen. The question is, have you ever been jealous? And why were you jealous? So, just for 60 seconds, there'll be a timer up there. Just chat amongst yourselves, just to get you thinking, why might you be jealous? Or have you ever been jealous? Ready, go. 60 seconds. The answer might just be yes, of course. You're halfway. Time's almost up. Five, four, three, two, one. Brilliant. Okay. It's good for us to think about those things. And of course, it's likely, isn't it, that Herod was jealous. And so he asked the Magi to tell him where and when they found the baby. And why? Because he said he wanted to go and worship him too. Well, that's what he said. But of course, we know that he didn't really want to worship Jesus, did he? He wanted to get rid of him. But let's look at what the Magi did when they finally found Jesus. This is what our reading said. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. That's what it's all about. It's not the hokey-cokey. It's all about worshipping Jesus. The Magi wanted to see the King of the Jews so that they could worship him. Herod pretended he wanted to worship Jesus, but really wanted to check out the threat to his own kingship and get rid of him. This is all about worship, real worship that the Magi brought versus pretend worship, if you like, of Herod. And so I'm going to teach you a really cool word this morning. And it's a Greek word. 
So Andy, Murray, no, sorry, um, Roughhead, would be very proud of me because I'm teaching you a Greek word this morning. Here's the Greek word, proskuneo. Can we say that? Proskuneo. It's a good word, isn't it? And it means simply worship. It's the word that is often translated as worship um, from the Greek in the New Testament. And it literally means getting down on your knees and bowing down in worship. We heard that in the way it was described in our reading. Getting on your knees and bowing down in worship. It's a way of worship that involves your whole self. It involves your whole body. It's a way of worshipping, showing that you are not the important one, that the one you are bowing to, getting on your knees to, is the one who is important. The one you're facing, the one you are kneeling before. The Magi had seen something special in Jesus, even though he was a baby. And they saw that he was important. And they worshipped him in a way that showed he really was a king, the king of the Jews. These words again. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. So this week I've been thinking about worship and the way that the Magi bowed down. They fell to their knees. And I've been reminded of the, the massive contrast, not just with Herod, but with the contrast with the way those who were there when Jesus died at the cross how they knelt down before the king of the Jews. But it was very different, wasn't it? On that occasion, the soldiers knelt in front of the man Jesus and they mocked him and said, Hail, king of the Jews. That's completely the opposite, isn't it, of what the Magi did before Jesus as a baby. They simply bowed down and worshipped. There was no mocking, there was no cruelty. There was simply a joyful recognition of who Jesus was. Isn't that a contrast between the two? And isn't that a reminder of the way that we can look to be doing the right thing, but in actual fact, we're doing the very opposite? Worshipping Jesus is, is more, isn't it, than going through the motions. It's an attitude behind our actions. So actually, how we worship doesn't necessarily matter, but why does and who matters as well those who are truly worshiping jesus here were the magi herod said he would but he didn't in fact the next passage shows him plotting to kill jesus the soldiers at the cross mocked jesus by making it look like they were worshiping but they were doing the very opposite so the wise men, the Magi, remind us to come and worship Jesus, King Jesus. They'd seen his star, and when they saw him, all they could do was to bow down and worship proskuneo. And maybe that's a reminder for us too, to worship Jesus with all of ourselves. Why? Because he really is the King not just the king of the Jews, but as Jonathan's already said, he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is our Lord, the one who is our savior, the one who loves us so much that he would go to the cross for each one of us, the one who loves you so much that he would go to the cross for you. So a final question for you this morning which you can think about on your own, or you can have a conversation with as someone you're with. What might it look like 
to worship Jesus with all of yourself in 2023? What might that look like for you in this coming year? So let's start that countdown. You've got 60 seconds to talk amongst yourselves or just to think about that yourself as well. couple of seconds left. Brilliant. So, what might it look like for you to worship Jesus with all of yourself in 2023? The wise men, the magi, remind us of the fact that it's amazing that Jesus came for us. They bow down and worship Jesus on their knees. What might we do this year? And of course, that's going to be different for every single one of us, Um, whether we're young or old, whether we're at work, whether we're not at work, whether we've got lots of family at home, whether we're on our own. Everyone will be different. But what might it look like for you? Uh, Jonathan sent out an email yesterday, and there was a challenge in that to think about how we might read God's Word, how we might read the Bible this year. Maybe actually there's a need for us all to just think about when we're coming to church, that we are coming to worship. I know on a Sunday when I come on into church, I have to remind myself I'm not coming to work. This is my place of worship. And so even when I'm involved, I am coming to worship. Maybe that's a reminder for, for each one of us this morning. So we heard from the fourth wise man about who um, he hoped the Savior would be and that they would come to worship. And we heard these lines. He doesn't need any of our gifts. He is the gift of a saviour, bigger than all of our mistakes. And the other one said, I hope he's that kind of saviour too. Well, let me just remind you, he is that kind of saviour. The one who simply needs our worship. So how might you bring your worship to Jesus this year? We're going to pray, but can I invite you, we've been sat down for a little while, can I invite you to stand with me where you are? (laughs) And let's just be uh, quiet for a moment, and maybe as we start this new year, as we think about uh, coming before Jesus the King... What might this coming week look like for you? This coming month, this coming year. And I just want to invite you to place this year into God's hands. And to ask him to help you to worship Jesus every single day, whatever that might look like for you. So Jesus, we thank you that you are king. 
the one true king, saviour of the world. And we thank you that you call us to worship you. Help each one of us this coming year to bring our whole selves to you in worship. And of course, that isn't just about singing, it's about our whole lives. So Lord, help us as we worship you to bring our whole selves before you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.